Which players are on the bubble? Let's talk about that. You are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, this is Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, and you are listening to a Locked On Spurs with Jeff Garcia. It's morphin' time. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Ken's 5 San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Hope everybody's having a great work week. We'll get you through it right here on Locked On Spurs. What are we talking about today? We're going to be looking at the current roster as it stands, which players are going to be on that roster, more importantly, which players are on the bubble. And then we're going to get into kind of a deep dive, kind of a, you know, just a food for thought thing. Why are there so many Wimbayama naysayers, in particular, there's a certain group of these type of naysayers that are coming out of the woodwork. We're going to be talking about that and more right here on Lockdown Spurs. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, the list goes on and on. We are here every single day, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, your team every day. So before we dive into the topics, you know, kind of, you know, more into that Wimby discussion here, you know, as much as we're celebrating his arrival from the food in San Antonio to the hype, to the ticket sales, to the jersey sales, anything Wimby related, we're loving it. Heck, there's a hot dog named after Wimby out in San Antonio. But part of the territory is naysayers. We're going to be talking about that in a while, but that is going to be a big part of it. So consider this your PSA. Consider this your heads up. It's coming and it's already starting. You're going to have to deal with this. The Spurs are going to have to deal with this. Fans are going to be debating about this. It probably won't be the last time that uh, we hear about a certain player or a former player or this and that and fans and rivals are going to be talking bad about him. That's going to come with the territory. Watch when he has a couple of bad games under his belt. It's going to happen. He's just a 19-year-old kid and they're going to come out of the woodwork. It's going to happen. As much as the price is going to come to, to him, there's also going to be the other side of it and those that are not totally high on him. Uh, we're going to be discussing that, but consider that a kind of a quick, you know, little, you know, cautionary tale before it happens. You're probably going to see it on social media. Your fans are going to be warned against those other, play, other uh, people that are calling out Wimby. That just comes with uh, being the generational type player. So, uh, you know, there's going to be great times. There's going to be bad times and you have to take the good with the bad. So, um, yeah, isn't it great to have a franchise player here that has the word generational slapped on him and coming to San Antonio, another aspect of the Wimby mania that San Antonio, the Spurs fan base haven't dealt with with Timmy. It really wasn't like that. Initially, they never slapped the generational uh, label on him, nor did they do with Robinson. They became that. They everybody realized that's what they were. But with Wimby, it's automatic. And it comes an automatic uh, you know, microscope, automatic hype, automatic questioning, automatic pump-the-brake mentality. So um, here we are, Spurs fans. Welcome to the Wimby era, the other side of the coin. All right, let's go and bring in our guest he is Rudy Campos of Sweep the League. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Sweep the League. And look what's back, the famous hat. Everybody loved that hat, Rudy. Yeah, you know, for being an unpopular guest to co-host with you, uh, they love the hat. So I'm trying to win some points You're with all the fans unpopular. up there. <laughs> You're not unpopular. Everybody loved that hat. What did you get it again? Uh, how did you get it? 
So, uh, was the last year, I believe, the Spurs were giving out those fan boxes. And, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, luckily, this hat was in there. And I don't know of anybody yeah. else that got one. If they did, I haven't seen it. So, this is probably a one of a kind. Hoping it's a one of one like the uh, card collectors yeah. that you talk to. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, follow him on Twitter at Sweep the League. He'll be talking about his show later on, on the show, this show, right here on Locked On Spurs. So, uh, Rudy, it's time to look at the roster. Now, mm-hmm. as of right now, it looks like the game's kind of simmered down. I think the last couple player ish movements are probably announcement of what City Sissoko's contract is going to be. And if they do give Devin the extension, that's probably not till the regular season. They always do that, they always wait to the last minute. To announce something like that. But nevertheless, the roster, as is built right now, seemingly ready to go ahead of training camp. Let's get rid of the obvious. Let's let's talk about who's on it for sure. So you know your Trey Jones is gonna be on it. Um, Victor Wemby, uh, Wemby's gonna be on it, uh, you know, Keldon, Malachi, Jeremy, mm-hmm. Zach Collins. I think Zach Collins is the only one that we know that's gonna be starting because Pop said it last season. Uh, and we got uh, Devin Vassell, obviously. And um, those are kind of like the mainstays. We know they're going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the ones that are on the bubble. Let's start with the first one. Blake Wesley. Is he on the Spurs roster or is he on the Austin roster? Austin roster. He's not ready to make the leap into uh, the rotation for the San Antonio Spurs. If he is, he's going to be probably the 12th guy. He's going to be the guy you don't get a lot of minutes yeah. to, kind of like an emergency type player, maybe the last three or right. four minutes in garbage time. But for me, it's going to be starting in Austin for Blake Wesley. Yeah, I think he's going to cook in Austin a little bit longer next season. Uh, likely going to make a lot of trips back and forth between San Antonio and Austin. You're going to Everybody's going to freak out when the Spurs announce that he's been recalled. Oh, my God, he is back. He's mm-hmm. back. Only to probably ride the bench and then get sent back to Austin the next day. That's usually mm-hmm. how it happens. But Wesley, um, you know, I thought he did okay in the summer league. Uh, he he ranked high in several categories for the Spurs, from minutes to assists to steals to rebounds. But it's still like those those underdeveloped aspects of his game. Yeah. I think fans have an issue with like his pace. He only goes at one's pace, which is full on. Mm-hmm. His shot selection is a little um, you know iffy, and some turnovers. Um, why do you think why do you think him going to Austin will benefit him long term? So coming into the league, Blake Wesley's biggest knock was that he didn't know how to control himself. He was very, very high paced. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook mentality, just get to the basket and make something happen. Really uncontrollable right. type player. So I think going back to Austin another year, uh, just getting him to work on his right. gameplay, just learn how to run the team. Play calm, play cool. The NBA is a fast-paced mm-hmm. game, but you also have to be uh, very calm in the situation, mm-hmm. in every situation possible. Especially if you're playing point guard, which is the hardest position to yeah. play in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. So we expect uh, Wesley to be heading to Austin. Uh, we didn't talk about him, but I'm just gonna throw it out there. I think perhaps the spot that is gonna be for what would have been for Wesley is probably gonna go to Julian Champagne. Right? He's on the roster, yeah. correct? Yeah, I feel Champagne did a lot during the summer, and he's also uh, done a lot with the organization already to be on the roster. Spurs need shooters. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing I said when they drafted Wimbanyana. It's a great, fantastic thing for them, but you've got to surround him with shooters. Uh, Champagne did that in the summer league. He showed that he could shoot the three ball. He can score. He can get to the basket. He can score at will. Right. That's the kind of players that you've got to surround Victor with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he proved himself in the summer league, uh, proved himself to close last season. 
He brings something that the Spurs don't have right now is that reliable outside shot. He was making shots like crazy during the summer league. You know, uh, one of the leading scorers for the Spurs. Uh, it brought a lot of passion, a lot of energy. Uh, he not only can he knock down the shot, Rudy, he can also dunk on people's faces. As we oh, saw yeah. <laughs> during the summer league with that massive. I mean, it was just filthy. So for sure, Champagne's on there. Another guy that uh, might be on the bubble is Sir Jabari Rice. He has a two-way deal right now, mm-hmm. but something tells me perhaps the Spurs may recall him a lot more often. What do you think? I think if you're looking at between him and Blake Wesley, he would be the first call-up from Austin. Of course, he's going to start right. the season, I believe, in Austin. He's going to be there majority of the time. If you see an injury with the San Antonio Spurs, you're probably going to see yeah. him called up. Uh, he he did some really good things in summer. And as much as everybody talked about Blake Wesley doing some pretty good things in the summer league, I think Serge Jabari, uh, he did a lot better in my opinion when it comes to both players he's the type of guy that you do want to see on the Spurs roster he's not going to get a whole lot of minutes with the main rotation guys but he is a guy that's probably going to get called up from Austin a whole lot this season yeah it probably won't be on the roster to start the season but he does have a two-way deal he'll likely uh, be in Austin for a good chunk of time to get the mm-hmm. occasional call up back and forth hey we're looking at the spurs roster who's on the bubble who's on the roster uh right here on locked on spurs with rudy campos when we get back we're gonna continue that chat look at some other names that could be on the bubble or heading to austin or maybe not even all in san antonio and uh yeah we'll do all that and a lot more when we get back right here on locked on spurs hello there hey i want to talk to you about fan duel take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times, you heard that right, 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. It's a lot of money. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Check it out. That's $200 you can spend betting from everything from the money line uh, to the over and under uh, to who you think is going to be the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. I mean, what more can you want? Well, there's no better place to bet on MLB than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. I go there. I love that looking at their NBA futures, uh, their, 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 their projections on the Spurs and Wimby. It's all there. You got to go to FanDuel right now. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNBA and get up to $200 in bonus bets that's fanduel.com slash locked on nba fanduel the official partner of major league baseball hello there and we're back right here on lockdown spurs with rudy campos of sweep the league follow him on twitter at sweep the league ask him how much he will part with that cap that everybody wants is there a <laughs> price tag on that rudy is there a price um you know what? Everyone's got a price, man. There's definitely a price. I, Just, bet, uh, I bet your shoot price me a DM. Shoot me a DM and we'll <laughs> talk on price. <laughs> All right. We're looking at the roster. Who's here? Who's not here? Who's in Austin? Who's on the bubble? So let's continue that chat right here. Uh, let's start off with, I mean, I, I think he's done. Uh, Ken Birch. I mean, didn't play at all last season once he made it to, uh, once the trade was done. You know, was just on the IR list forever. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I really haven't seen anything out of him. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs wave him. Considering, too, um, you know, he's a, he's listed as a center forward, and the Spurs now have plenty of bigs as uh, we speak. So I think Ken Birch is probably gone. Yeah, you know, the thing with Ken Birch, and this is what I kind of 
I kind of went back and forth. Was, it was between either him or Charles Bassey getting cut. But yeah. when you look at it, I think Bassey probably brings a lot more to the Spurs organization as mm-hmm. far as being a big man. You're going to have to get rid of one of them. Birch is probably the guy. Reason being the biggest factor is you'll be cutting six million, six plus million off of the contract of yeah. uh, salary cap, where Bassey is only, I think, at 2.6. So you're going to be saving a lot of money by cutting uh, Cam sure. Birch. I think he's going to be the guy or one of the guys that you're going to see being cut, and not even in Austin, just completely gone from the organization. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, one of what's the best thing to say about availability is being available, you know, yeah. and he's hasn't been available from the Spurs since uh, in that deal last season. So, yeah, he's probably going to be one of the odd men out. You mentioned Charles Bassey for sure going to be on the roster. The Spurs awarded him that contract late last season from mm-hmm. San Antonio, local kid. He'll likely stick on the roster as well. And you're going to need him too. that bouncy, big a guy who can back up Zach, back up Wemby. Uh, whatnot. I really like what I saw out of him before he got hurt last season. Uh, another guy that could possibly be on the roster here, Devonte Graham. Interesting. You know, guy can score. He can heat up in a second. Uh, not too much as defense though, but yeah, he's interesting. I think he might be on the bubble. What do you think? So Devonte Graham is kind of one of those guys where you're looking at, okay, is he on the bubble? Is he not? Look at the overall roster. He is pretty much, you know, the guy behind Cameron Payne. So Mm -hmm. if the Spurs are for sure, in my opinion, going to keep Cameron Payne, Devontae Graham is one of those guys that you might see get traded, moved, or possibly cut. But if they have any sense and they have any feeling that they may not keep Cameron Payne, Mm -hmm. it's a great idea to keep Devontae Graham because that is your third point guard. If not, you're going to have to look at guys like probably Malachi Branham to run the point, which he did at the end of last season. Uh, Maybe even have Devin play point, Jeremy Sohan play point. Um, But I think uh, Devontae is probably one of those guys that is on the bubble. I think they just got to see what they're going to do first with Cameron Payne. Is he going to stick with the Spurs? Uh, talk to a couple of people that um, that kind of follow the Spurs and do a little bit with them, and they have a really good feeling that uh, Payne will be a part of the organization the entire year. Yeah, Payne uh, definitely is uh, the the front runner right now to be either the starter or backing up Trey Jones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that kind of puts Devonte Graham in this kind of gray area right now. Uh, he's not going to go to the G League, that's for sure. No, uh, he could be a situation where they buy him out, they waive him, uh, maybe the trade deadline, something, uh, or he's on the IR. One of these guys is going to be IR. You know, there's only so much spaces he can put players on. So, but I like Devonte Graham. You know, I mean, you know, instant offense. You know, we saw what he can do last year. Mm-hmm. You know, hit the outside shots, really just cook offensively, but defensively, you know, kind of lacks. Uh, so he's one of the guys that I'm going to be looking at that could possibly be on the bubble. Let's got some, let's get into some more like pieces that might be here as well, or probably gone to, mm-hmm. depending on how things shake out. Let's start off with uh, Seti Osman. Mm-hmm. Spurs have been chasing this guy for years. They finally got him, but why does it feel like he could be either packaged? or perhaps waived at the all-star break. You know, with Seti Osman as well as uh, Reggie Blood combined, I, I think these are the, I've said it before, these are the kind of guys that when you've seen the Spurs win titles, these are the mm-hmm. kind of guys that have been on those rosters, you know, right. guys that could contribute, guys that can come in and just, you know, give your team a good spell. 
give them some pretty good offense. And Osmond, I think, sticks around with the Spurs only because of the height and the shooting. I mean, they're going to need some bigs. They're going to need some outside shooters. You have, like I said, Sohan needs to improve his jump shot. Right. Uh, Victor's going to take a little bit of time to actually, you know, get comfortable with the NBA game. You're going to need another big man. Zach Collins has proven he really can't be an outside shooter, whereas Sally Osmond is actually a really good uh, shooter from the perimeter. So I think you're going to see him stick around. But again, he's one of those guys that come trade deadline time, if the Spurs are not right there in the playoff mix or in the play and bubble mix, you're going to have a lot of teams coming for an Osman, for a Bullock, maybe even a Cameron Payne. So that's where we're going to kind of see who stays on the roster the entire year. For me, Osman, I think, is one of those guys that stays with the Spurs the entire year. Yeah, I, I think this this whole conversation we're having about Osman could apply also to guys like uh, Richard Bullock you brought up. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, he, you know, even to a certain degree campaign, you know, but Reggie Bullock too. I like him. I like the grittiness he brings, uh, you know, the mm -hmm. toughness, the veteran presence, you know, not to say anything to knock on Sadie Osman or, or whoever else might, we think might be on the bubble, but I think Bullock probably stays on long, but uh, you know, looking at a lot of players like Osman and Bullock and, 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 and Graham that are flippable is should the Spurs want to make a deal. You know, I think gone are the days where the Spurs don't do anything. You know, Brian Wright is showing that he's making yeah. deals. He's making trades. Uh, these are the exact type of players, these veteran players that can help a playoff team, you know, that we, that they know they're penciled in, that need a little bit of a push, a little bit of a boost. And it mm -hmm. goes to what you're saying, if the Spurs think like perhaps or probably like iffy about playoffs, play in, flip these guys. Hell, even if they are, you know, on the bubble for a play-in or playoffs, you know, uh, still flip them if you can. You know, yeah. we're not on the woods yet for a rebuild. This still is a rebuild, mm -hmm. not not giant neon underscored bold type <laughs> letter rebuild. But you know, the the bold face is gone, the capital letters are gone, the underline is gone, but the word rebuild is still there. Yeah. So I think that's where you see uh, your Osmonds, your Grams, your Bullocks, those guys. Um, that could be flippable as well. But look, hey, they stick on for the whole season. Like you mentioned, like campaign, great, great for the development of this young kid. Uh, one guy we did not mention before hit the uh, break here was City Sissoko, likely Austin bound too, right? 100%, man. So this yeah. is going to be Austin bound. Um, and that's not even a knock on him. Great, great summer league, played really good, you know, in Vegas. And honestly, right, yeah. he's probably going to be, and I'm going out on a limb here, but if his development continues, I've heard some NBA players uh, mention to me that you're talking possibly Kawhi Leonard type of player on both ends of the ball. So yeah. there's a lot of potential for him, but it's mm -hmm. going to be a few years before he can actually develop yeah. fully. Um, I, I think that's a little bit far-fetched right now, um, but I do see it. I do see it in the summer league, and I, I saw how he played. So Soku is definitely a guy that's going to be around the Spurs for a long time, and I expect him to start in Austin. Honestly, Jeff, I think he's one of those guys where we, we saw guys like Keldon and them in Austin dominate. I think mm -hmm. he's going to be one of those guys that's going to dominate in Austin yeah. and probably get a call up pretty quick. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's going to be playing among kids eventually, where the Spurs are going to be forced to say, "Okay, we got to just live with him because he's wasting his talents in Austin. Mm -hmm. Might as well just bring him to the San Antonio roster." That's likely going to happen. So I got him penciled in to start in the G League, mm -hmm. but come towards like probably the first third of the season is done really push for a San Antonio roster. And again, that'll depend how Blake Wesley's looking like, 
Yeah. You, you know, how's Champagne looking like? I think that's where we'll probably see it as too. One other guy that we haven't really t- spoken about and we haven't heard anything is Dom Barlow. What do you mm-hmm. think was going on with him? You know, great uh, talent, but he looks like he's still raw. Very, very raw player. And, you know, Dominic Barlow uh, coming out, I believe it was Ignite. Um, yeah. You know, he's he showed what he can do in the summer and he deserves a contract. And I think he's going to get the second two-way contract with the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be that second guy that gets the second one. But I think after this season, you're going to see him on the active roster. Uh, it's It pains me to see that he's not going to be a part of it. He works yeah. really hard. Uh, but you know what? The way that he's playing, if he continues this way next season, it's going to make guys like Zach Collins and certain guys just expendable because he's going to be right. able to come onto the roster, get those rotational minutes, play alongside of these guys. I mean, you saw he played really well ne- right next he to did. Victor. So it, it shows that he is a type of player that the Spurs can develop. One more year in, you know, in the oven, and I guarantee you Barlow is going to be a common name in the NBA. He also showed in the summer league a, a mid-range game, which was very yeah. impressive. He was knocking down mid-range shots. I thought maybe his shooting coach was DeMar DeRozan. Uh, just <laughs> really reliable. And I was like, whoa, Dom, where did, where did this come from? Athletic, young, springy, bouncy. You know, really was attacking that rim, really aggressive. I like what I'm seeing out of Dom Barlow. But I think he still needs seasoning, so likely yeah. to be in San Antonio. But yeah, as you can tell, there's a lot of players still that are up in the air, whether they're on the roster or out in the G League or probably not on the team at all. Let us know what you think. Let uh, Rudy know on Twitter at Sweep the League. Let me know on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. When we get back, what's with all the Wimby naysayers? There's a common thread among those that are kind of casting doubt on him. We're gonna ask why, why, what, who are those individuals? that are um, throwing shade on Wemby right here on Lockdown Spurs. As always, we thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. You guys are the everydayers. Uh, tomorrow's show, likely more Wemby talk, more Spurs talk right here on Lockdown Spurs. Now, I was going to let Rudy go, but I want him to stay on for a bit because we're going to be talking about muslingers. Uh, you love muslingers, don't you, Rudy? I have, and I've actually uh, – I went today, as a matter of fact. Over the weekend, oh. I went. So, yeah. Look it's uh, What did I, you get? Uh, just my original coffee, man. Just a re- okay. regular coffee. I don't. I'm not a big, you know, drink kind of guy. But my wife yeah. uh, actually got the uh, Alien, and she loved it. Again, she keeps getting it. Look at that right there. First-hand testimony about mudslingers. All right, let's give Rudy a break here. Uh, yeah, you definitely want to talk, or at least go to mudslingers drive-through coffee a proud local sponsor of Locked On Spurs. So if you stayed up late last night, you need a nice boost to your day, or you got to get through your day, they have drinks for everybody over at Mudslingers. They're located in the Stone Oak area out in San Antonio. So they're made just for the busy people like yourself, or again, people just want to chill out. So if you're in the mood for a cold brew, a latte, a regular coffee, as Rudy just talked about, they got drinks for every taste. Over 300 five-star reviews cannot be wrong. They have a wide selection of dairy alternatives. Uh, they have caffeine-free drinks for those who just want to take it easy. And if you're new to coffee, try their signature drink, which is called the Mudslinger. Basically, it's a delicious combination of espresso, steamed milk, caramel, and dark chocolate. Really, really good. Uh, you need to get your heart pumping like Rudy's wife apparently did. I guess something must have happened. They needed a good boost. Uh, try the Alien. It's a full can of Red Bull plus kiwi and apple. So it's really, really delicious. And 
Also check out the Red uh, Bull Infused Lightning Bolt Series. I recommend strawberry. Get the strawberry. Look, Muslinger is becoming so popular in San Antonio. Be a part of that. Go get yourself a drink. They even got donuts. They got mini donuts there. You cannot miss when you ever, whenever you go to Muslinger's. So, and if you're not big on caffeine, they have the OG OJ. So for those of y'all who remember the original Orange Julius, well, they recreated it at Muslinger's. Try it out. That is a big, big hit. Everybody gets that. Just ask for the OG OJ. So they're lo located at 2404 Thousand Oaks Drive. That's between 281 and 1604. Follow them on TikTok, Twitter, Threads. Facebook. I mean, pick a platform. They are everywhere at Mudslinger STX. Life is too short for bland coffee. Let's go ahead and bring him back. He is Rudy Campos of Sweep the League. Probably was chugging on one of his uh, alien drinks that he has, probably still. To get him through the last that. segment. Well, you know, and I'm not even a big, like I said, I'm just a regular coffee guy. Uh, yeah. But my wife made mention of the uh, the Malibu Macchiato drink that they've got coming oh, out. Oh, yeah, 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 so that I Barbie think, thing, right? Yeah, so I think she yeah. wants to try that. So I might have to take a, a swig of that when she gets it. I, the, over the, the whole Barbie craze recently, they, they sold out of it. Right. Yeah. Like on I Saturday, yeah. And I they had to restock, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to restock it on Sunday. So who knows? Maybe they'll last long, you know, after the movie phase. <laughs> but let's talk about Wimbayama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of naysayers that are slowly popping up. Uh, mm -hmm. Some that are saying, put the brakes on him. Uh, what's all this hype? He ain't all that. And we're seeing a common thread. And it's it, majority, not all, but majority of it is coming from the older players. Those that have long have retired now. Uh, your uh, Tim Hardaway's. You know, he recently was on the Cartoon Show on Fox Sports talking about how you know, Wimby is not all that, that uh, Bull Bull was better than him. <laughs> Recently, you had Kendrick Perkins uh, on another outlet or something. Forgive me, I don't recall right now. But again, casting doubt, saying it's mm -hmm. too much hype. He's not going to be all that. The point here, Rudy, is that it's a lot of the older players, a lot of those that have been there, done that. Why do yeah. you think they're the, being vocal about casting so, you know, at least being naysayers about Wimby. 100% reason being is that they've never seen Wimby play. They don't follow the international game. Um, yeah. LeBron was called generational talent because he played in Akron, Ohio. I mean, he yeah. was on ESPN, you know, and all these other platforms uh, before he made it to the NBA. You get into, you know, NCAA basketball, for, you know, shows you these players before they come in. Go back to when Luca was drafted. Nobody really heard about Luca Doncic unless you followed, or unless you followed right. the international game, where you were Fran Fraschilla for ESPN, who you know knew all the international guys. Um, they've even seen guys coming in with the hype, like a Darko Milicic, who was second pick in the draft, and he turned out to be a bust. You know, so the international style is, you know, it's kind of like a hit or miss type thing. You know, it takes guys like years like Giannis Antetokounmpo to develop. Nikolai Jokic was another one that it took a little while to develop. Then you have guys like Mono Ginobili, second round pick. I mean, right. again, people weren't calling him generational, but when he got to the league, he made it happen. So I think you've seen a lot of these older NBA guys say, you know, not necessarily disrespecting, but it's kind of like what you've always said. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Let's let him get into the league. We saw half and half of summer. We saw a bad half. Yeah. We saw a good half. So mm -hmm. we don't really know the type of player he's going to be. And you know what? If Victor takes two years to really get into yeah. shape and really do it, 
by all means, I mean, you're guaranteed four years of Victor Womanyama in San Antonio because of a rookie contract. So, yeah. Um, you're going to see a lot of players really just not take him serious. And when they say generational talent, as an old NBA guy, as a current NBA player, that is a slap to the face because you're working your ass off to be in this league and this guy's coming in and getting this kind of love already. Yeah, Yeah, so you're going to see a lot. But you've got guys like LeBron and Giannis that are saying this guy's going to be a really wreck havoc on the league. Could he? We don't know yet. It's just a wait and see type of thing. Yeah, for me, I, I think that one of the common things is old ways, like old habits die hard. Mm-hmm. They're used to the old ways of the NBA. Look at Hardaway. He played back, uh, you know, when hand checking was allowed and yeah. bigs were bigs and they plotted in the paint and knocked you on your butt if you dared to drive in. Wemby plays majority of face up game, perimeter game, likes to drive, take mm-hmm. people off the dribble. Uh, you're right. They, these older players haven't seen a guy like him before. And, uh, you know, and, and their experience in facing guys that are that height or taller have usually been, you know, for the most part, non-existent. You know, mm-hmm. sure, there was Yao Ming, you know, for a while. You know, he was pretty good, really, really good until his issues, physical issues popped up. But you have guys like, you know, Manute Bowl, you know, you know, didn't, you know, it was kind of, he, he was like a, he was like a novelty. That's yeah. what it was. He was like a yeah. novelty. He hit the occasional three and everybody got off crazy, but it really didn't make <laughs> that impact. Uh, guys like, um, you know, there were very few. Uh, Rick Smith was one of those very few seven, two or higher guys. He was seven, four. Yeah. He was seven, four that really showed out. But for the most part, they were just non existent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Bradley's another one. He kind of came in with hype. Remember that? Yeah. And I'd then he, yeah, he wasn't, he didn't really pan out. Um, so they're used to though seeing experiencing that type of seven three or a taller player come in and mm-hmm. not make much. Greg Oden, another one, you know, a lot of hype and then fell flat on his face due to injuries. Yeah. So you can appreciate where they're coming from, but at the same time, they also have to pump the brakes on them pumping the brakes and and, yeah. and you know, and you know, I, I yeah, they're kind of second rocking. Look, I understand that you kind of do have to have a little bit of wait and see with Wimby, but the sample size we have in the French league and the very small sample size we have in the Vegas summer league lends to show that he might buck that trend and be part of that rare, you know, seven, two or taller guy that can do it all. So mm-hmm. they were in the time where that was a rarity. Nowadays that I mean, Wimby might be the definition of what players going to look like moving forward. You know, yeah. the, um, you know, the development, the, the the route that the NBA and players are becoming, you know, you know, whether it be a Giannis, now going to be likely be Wimby. So I think that's where it is. So they're just seeing something they've never seen before. And their experience about seeing a player like that have come up short. So that's probably if, why a lot of. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, if this is the thing that they've got to realize, if Wimby was seven foot or seven one then you would hear a lot more players from Tim Hardaway back in the day, even to current players right now, Mm -hmm. they would say that this kid is the real deal. 100%. Mm -hmm. But because he's seven, three, seven, four, seven, five with his shoes on, whatever, Mm -hmm. that's the reason why they're saying this is may not be a generational talent. Why? Because if you basically shrink him down two feet, he's David Robinson. 
is right. what he is. He's quick. Mm -hmm. He's agile. Robinson, when he came into the league, nobody really knew what you were getting. Then they finally got a glimpse of the first true big man with guard capabilities and dribbling the ball, everything like that. He couldn't shoot a jumper, you know, from, you know, beyond, you know, what, 18 feet or something. But, I mean, he had guard abilities for a mm -hmm. seven-footer. And then you saw guys like Elijah want to start to develop a little bit more in that whole sense. So if he's a little bit shorter, you're seeing the Robinson comparisons. But because you're seeing him at 7'3", seven, 7'4", seven, you're seeing the Sean Bradley comparisons. You're seeing right. the Bull Bull type of comparisons. Mm -hmm. These guys never made it in the league. But, again, it's a wait-and-see type of game. I will be real with you. I think you're going to hear more bus talk at the yeah, beginning yeah. of the season. I think so, too. Yeah. And it's going to be from a lot of the players in the league. It's going to hear from a lot of the fans around the league. Mm -hmm. If it happens, again, it's not a complete bust. You've got to give him time to get used to yeah. the league. Yeah, I, I got a kick out of Tim Hardaway already trying to compare Bobo at, what, year four, year five? To yeah. a teenager who hasn't even been in the NBA yet. You can't do that. That's just not mm -hmm. fair. You, you know, like you said, wait till – Wimby has his four or five years in the league. Then let's compare mm. stats, you know, but to do it right now is not that he goes like, oh, well, he's what Bobo is physically stronger or better than well, Wimby. Well, duh, you know, yeah, you know, you got a 23, 24 year old guy that's already been in the rigors of the NBA, mm -hmm. you know, and developed physically already, you know, and that's a four or five year jump, you know, give mm -hmm. Wimby four or five years to physically grow out, you know, and of course, plus the training that Spurs are going to give him. Then mm -hmm. again, we'll talk about strength and size and physical ability. But I mean, to do that right now is just unheard of. You know, another guy I think about, like for uh, your Kendrick Perkins or your Tim Hardaway's that grew, that they were playing during that era where bigs that big didn't really pan out often. Mark Eaton, would you consider Mark Eaton a bust? Because I thought, Ooh, you know, no. maybe, you know, right? Mark Eaton was like seven four, seven five, wasn't he? And a beast. Yeah, Mark Eaton is one of the best uh, rim protectors we've ever seen in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, he led the league in shot blocks, uh, block shots, I'm sorry. But Mark Eaton is basically, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. He wasn't an offensive guy. He was never going to go out and get right. you 15 a night and all this stuff. He was going to mainly right. he was mainly there to clog up the paint, get blocks, grab rebounds. And this right. is the plus side for Victor. If Victor only averages 10 points, 11 points, for me, where it's going to be beneficial for him is he's going to be one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. So the days of Rudy Gobert, the days of a lot of these other right. big guys, you know, Miles Turner, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. being the dominant big guys. Victor and Chet are the new guys that are going mm -hmm. to be the main rim protectors like, in the league. Like the evolution of the player. Yeah. And it's it's going to be, honestly, from what I've talked to, a friend of the show, because he's been on your show too, Derek Gervin. We talked last mm -hmm. night, actually. You're going to see Bill Russell 2.0 with Chet and Victor, if that says yeah. anything to you guys. So yeah. uh, on the defensive end, we both agree that this is going to be massively defensive, great for the San Antonio Spurs. Um and even for Oklahoma City for that matter. But these two guys are going to be dominant on the defensive end for years to come. I am drooling over hopefully to see a rivalry between Wemby and Chet develop. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think that will be one of the rivalries. I'm, I'm hoping it develops into that because they already had, didn't they already kind of face off each other with Team USA yeah. and Team France a few years ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And yeah. I think Wemby, Wemby got the best of Chet, right? Something like that. Uh, you know what? I think it was. Push. It might have been even. I have to. I don't remember the stats. It might have been an even matchup between them. Yeah, it might have been a push, but I think that is probably going to be a rivalry to watch and see if that develops. But no, for sure, mm -hmm. you know, you can 
appreciate the fact that these older retired players uh, are asking to pump their brakes a bit because even I am to a degree. Okay, hang on, hang on. Let's just see how this kid plays out first, you know. But at the same time, you can't just completely discount his skill set because mm-hmm. he's going to make an impact. Were that likely going to be defensively or develop offensively? You mentioned David Robinson. Remember, even the Spurs were shocked that he was able to do what he can do offensively. Exactly. They, everybody thought that he was just going to be a defensive beast, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But when he showed that he has an offensive skill set too, that just blew everybody away. So yeah. just give it time and, uh, you, you know, he, Wimby will come around, you know, maybe, you know, maybe not after year one, but, you know, let's wait a bit. Year two, year three, then we'll see exactly what's going to happen. Hey, we're, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about the Spurs roster? Who's on the bubble? Who's not on the bubble? Who's likely Austin bound? Let us know uh, on, right here on Locked On Spurs. And you can let Rudy know on Twitter at Sweep the League. And also, what do you think about all these older retired players, like or the ones being a little bit more vocal about Wemby and his uh, potential in the NBA? Rudy, what is cooking at Sweep the League? Well, Sweep the League, uh, we're we're doing some old school, high school talk, man. About Ooh, yeah. nice. See, being me, I'm the older guy on the on the mm-hmm. roster for Sweep the League. I've got nothing but people that graduated in 2010 and all this other stuff. <laughs> so um, when I start talking about, you know, back in the day, Atlanta's Moore said and all them when we talk music and it's like, yeah. who, who, who? And I'm like, yeah. oh, Ooh. my God. So yeah. uh, we're doing a lot of nostalgia talk, but also uh, we're gearing up for Spurs talk and we're gearing up for NFL talk. I mean, both seasons are right around the corner. Yeah. So be sure to join us to uh, sweep the league. We're all available where podcasts are available, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, everywhere podcasts are available. Search sweep the league. We're on there. Exactly. Again, follow me on Twitter at sweep the league. And we thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. Free and available wherever you get podcasts. You guys are the everydayers. More Spurs talk on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Spurs. Subscribe iTunes, Stitcher, ESPN Plus app. YouTube, uh, so many platforms. Locked on Spurs is there for you. Again, a reminder next week, uh, Locked on Spurs episodes like the NBA start scaling back. We're in the doldrums of the NBA offseason. It's going to get quiet um, up until at least till training camp. So uh, we'll start scaling back next week. But yeah, for the week of Locked on Spurs episodes. But for Rudy Campos, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs. <laughs>